This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 726, a conversation with Marv Wolfman. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 726. It's my conversation with Marv Wolfman. This is a little bit shorter than our typical interview episodes, but I did have a chance to sit down with Marv to talk some of his writing. Specifically, we sat down and talked about the Man and Superman 100-page Super Spectacular that came out a few months back, I think, in in the... um I think when it came out, I think it was came out in like the spring. Anyways, this book had been in a shelf, on the shelf or in a drawer for many, many years. Uh, it was originally conceived as part of the Superman Confidential series in the late 2000s. Um, Marv Wolfman wrote it. It was four chapters originally, uh, but when it finally came out as part of a hundred-page giant, um, it's a it's a great story. You should definitely pick it up. It's coming out in a hardcover that Marv discusses. That's coming out in December. It's really well worth reading. It's a great story. Uh, it's definitely one of Marv's favorite things he's ever written. And Claudio Castellini does amazing artwork in it. Um, so we talk very specifically about that uh, for most of the twenty-minute interview. Uh, at the very end, we talk a little bit uh, just quickly about Blade, as uh, we had a listener question from Muldoon, and when we also had a question from. Mr. Raffles, I believe, from the Marvel Masterworks Forum, just asking about the Teen Titans anti-drug specials. Um, So there's, uh, I guess, two, three listener questions uh, kind of folded in at the end, but mostly we talk about the Man and Superman one-shot, which, again, I definitely recommend. It's a great story, um, you know, and it's definitely one that he wanted to tell. And it's very clear when when talking to Marv that it was a story that really meant a lot to him to be able to tell it and that he changed, updated his style or tried a different style in order to tell the story and was very happy that it finally came out and it looks so great. And, again, that it's coming out in a hardcover as well with a lot of bonus material. So you're not just getting the 100 pages, you're getting, like, a lot of bonus material, both from Marv and from Claudio um, Castellini, the artist. Anyways, without further ado, let's jump right. We'll jump into the episode in just a second. But first, some housekeeping. You can always email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Rate and review this show on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes and also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next reviews episode will probably be coming out a little bit later than expected. This episode was either going to be going out on the 15th or 16th of November, but our reviews episode for the releases from the week of the 13th will be a little delayed as I'm currently on vacation in, in the Dominican. Um, so when I get back, I will be talking about some comics. Um, also, this episode, you'll notice that my voice is a little sore um, when I'm speaking. It's because I'm actually quite sick at the moment, but I had the interview booked and I didn't want to miss a chance to talk with a legend like Marv. Um, so it's a little hoarse. Anyways, thank you for listening to me for the last three minutes. Let's just jump right in and enjoy Marv Wolfman. Marv, welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, before I, I, I say anything, I wanted to uh, say how much I enjoyed uh, reading your um, your finally published Man and Superman uh, Super Spectacular that was published a few months ago. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, those, uh, especially the uh, Man and Superman is uh, one of my favorite stories ever. Um, and I'm so glad it finally came out. So obviously you wrote in the in the issue that there was a, obviously a long period where it was just kind of sadly sitting in a drawer for so long. Um, and you've said obviously that it is one of your favorite stories that you've written. What about this particular story really connected with you? And do you think it works better in the format it was eventually published in? Uh, let me answer the second part first. Uh, yeah, I think that 
reading all four chapters as one is so much better than uh, reading one chapter and then waiting a month and reading another chapter and then re waiting another month. The story is meant to be read as one and was plotted that way, and we just have to break it up normally because of uh, convention and comics, and that's the way the uh, Superman Confidential book was going to be published, like every other comic out there. But I believe that when people, if people had only read chapter one, they would really have no idea what the story was really about. So the fact that they got to read all four chapters at once really let them flow with the emotions of the story. Hmm. Uh, so yes, I'm very pleased with that. As to what um, made it work for me, a couple of things the, I chose. I knew up front I was going to write it in a very different writing style, uh, and the fact is, in my mind, it worked. Uh, you're always uncertain when you're trying something completely different from anything you've done before, um, and I was very pleased that it worked. What I mean, you said this in your intro, but uh, the idea of that kind of charting what it is about Clark when he first kind of gets to Metropolis and what that actual formation of who Superman ends up becoming, it is one of those interesting kind of stories that people try to go back to or try to kind of figure out what, what, what about those formative experiences really kind of makes Superman. Was that always something that you wanted to definitely put your stamp on and say, well, this is what this would look like? I wanted to tell a story that I didn't think had been told. Uh, very simply, uh, I wanted to introduce all the characters differently. I felt that um, Lois has always been portrayed as secondary or as a loudmouth or as uh, so many problems with her. And it seemed to me that Superman um, was fell in love with her because she was beautiful and no other reason. Of course, you understand why she would fall in love with him, but... Uh, I wanted to make sure Superman was not shallow. Uh, he w he was already a fan of her uh, creative work, of her writing, of her thinking, and that makes him a much more realistic person than just someone who, oh gosh, he's gorgeous. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, be with her or something like that. I don't like that. Um, all the little episodes in there are all about having him grow and gain the confidence to be what he has to be, but is very nervous about being. Uh, most teenagers would have a, a desire to get out there on their own, but at the same time there's fear. And that should not change just because he has powers. He can't be hurt physically, but he could certainly be hurt emotionally. He's still a character. He's still a human being. You have a lot of great touches in here, which obviously kind of reemphasize Clark being just a good person, like the idea that, you know, he's got almost no money, but he's still paying people back when he's borrowing things and, you know, very much of his, of you know, a certain mentality. How important was that to you to make sure that that kind of came through in how Clark interacts with this new city and doesn't become hardened? Uh, can you repeat that a little slower so I can catch it all? Sure. My hearing is not very good. That's okay. So I, I need that. Just the idea that, I mean, in here you have Clark being very conscious of, you know, like borrowing money, he's paying it back. He's making sure he's, you know, being a good, a good person. He's not letting what Metropolis maybe could be um, kind of wear him down. How important that was that to you to kind of show Clark having that those strong values and still persisting, even when he, you know, first moves to the city? It's not the apartment he expects, but 
that he still, you know, rings true to his upbringing. He, every little bit in there, uh, going from the apartment, which is to set up the fact that just because he had powers, again, that doesn't mean everything is going to work for you. Uh, you're starting a new life. Everybody starts a new life when they reach a certain age. They go off on their own. They go, and there's going to be pluses and there's negatives, and it's how you deal with that that determines what the person is like. And he slowly has to understand, just because he knows how to use his powers, and that's all they, he was able to learn in the past since he couldn't do anything out in the public, and quite frankly, how many crimes have really been committed in Smallville? <laughs> it's not that big a place. So he really hasn't had a chance to explore what he can do. He just knows how to use his powers, but now not know, but not know how to use them in specific to events around that are happening around him. And this story was to give him that experience and give him that uh, feeling that yes, he could do it, even though in the beginning he doesn't think he can. Hmm. One thing, I, I, an approach I really appreciated was um, throughout the story, you have Clark kind of struggling to make sure that he is a good writer and even having saying like, my powers give me so much, but the writing is it comes from me. And it's it's one thing that's it's not based on some, anything else. This is only what I can do. And I really appreciated how it showed you kind of developing and pushing him to be better, to be a good reporter, to be a good writer. And it's again, it's something we kind of take it for granted that Clark is just a good reporter. But you're right. It's not something that comes from his other gifts. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. I want that was actually the first thing that I worked on uh, with the story, uh, that idea that uh, he has to find something that's him. Otherwise, he's just a generic superhero-type character. Uh, what is it about him? What is it about Clark that's important? And Clark's writing, Clark's desire to write, to tell the truth, to find, to find what people need, to find what he needs. Every, everything that leads up to that has to be, this is pure Clark. Superman has nothing to do with his ability to write. It doesn't matter what powers he has, that doesn't make him a better writer. And we all need to find that thing that uh, makes us unique. And Clark has that, but he doesn't realize it up front. And so, in a sense, uh, Lois has him do specific research and to write the article uh and it was his writing that made it work from that point on. But he really hadn't tried anything special, anything big. He was a small town stringer. Uh, and, you know, he probably wrote just about uh, the sports games at, the, at college or any of those other things. He's not had to write stories that had great depth to it. But now we learn that he can't, he not only can, it's what makes him special. He's a great writer. He's a great observer of humanity. What is it about Superman that seems to bring out some of the best of you in terms of your writing? You kind of said in your intro that you would put this on your kind of your top five list of the best stories you've ever done. What is it that you think about Superman that brings that out of you? I've always, uh, I got into comics because of the Superman TV show. Seeing it when I was a kid, and writing stories about that. He's just the perfect representation of the best we can be. Is there 
over the years you've written obviously different versions of Superman. Um, is there a, a kind of a, a thorough line or a specific kind of version that you always kind of keep to or want to have that certain um, impression of the character? Or do you just like writing Superman regardless of what's kind of changed around him because he's always Superman? I think what makes Superman work and has been working for 80 years now is that he's adaptable. Mm. And as long as you keep to the basics of who Superman is and understand what Superman is about, there are a lot of influences on him. So we can we can follow him through one set of influences, and that tells a great story, and I'm, I believe Man and Superman does. Uh, but then you could also have the Superman who's more action-driven, who, how does he deal with this great adversity? Um, you find all these different handles for Superman, and then you can explore it, and he is a strong enough character that allows for you to, to, uh, to explore all sorts of approaches to Superman. Hmm. Um, I've enjoyed most of the ones I've done. The one I did uh, in Adventures of Superman, I was extremely pleased with. Uh, I did one uh, four or five parter called um, Virus, that I thought was a real strong uh, storyline. Uh, there were this one, of course. Uh, the, the all the different storylines that I've done with him over the years have all explored different parts of his life and who he was. This one is about Clark. Mm-hmm. It's actually not about Superman. It's all about the person who Clark is. When you wrote this story, uh, so you you had an amazing uh, artistic partner in terms of Claudio. Um, were you writing full scripts, or like how was was there kind of a looseness to it? And at what point did you know that Claudio was working on it? And were you seeing some of his pages coming in as you were crafting chapters three and four? I had first. I had never seen Claudio's work before. Um, I had uh, I, he was working primarily for Marvel, and I wasn't buying any Marvel books, so I didn't know who he was. Uh, I wrote the first three, I believe, uh, full script. All four of them were full script, um, long before I knew who the artist was going to be. And um, in fact, uh, I think I had finished. Yeah, two, two or three episodes of it before I knew who the artist was. And when I was showing Claudio's work, I wasn't sure he was the right person for it uh, because they showed me, since I had never seen it, um, his Conan work, uh, so which was not the look I was going for. Uh, the editor told me, trust him. I wasn't sure I could because I didn't know the editor, but it turned out he was absolutely right because... Claudio has a love for Superman, which I obviously do not know, um, and understands how to pose that character and move that character so incredibly well. I was extremely pleased with it, but I had no idea who was doing it before I finished the series. When you got to, so after after you've done the first three chapters and now you've, you've seen Claudio's art, did it change any way of how you kind of paced the fourth issue or knowing now what you've been able to see in terms of it, Claudio's no. art? No? No, it didn't change anything because, uh, he, first of all, the story was already plotted. Hmm. Um, and you don't change the style that you're going to write three quarters of the way through. Uh, I was committed to this very specific storytelling that I wanted to tell in this and how to tell it and I knew exactly what I wanted for this series and frankly it wouldn't have mattered who had drawn it it would have gone exactly the same way 
uh, I w I'm thrilled though that it was given to somebody who not only draws magnificently well, but who so totally understands the Superman character. For sure. This is a bit of a, a tough question to ask, but I mean, obviously books do end up going in drawers sometimes and they stay there and sometimes they don't come out. How hard is that as a writer, especially when it's something you really enjoyed and like was a labor of love in order to be able to write a story that you felt so passionately about to then have it sit in a drawer for so long? That was awful. Um, it was a story that I had great passion for. I I said from the day I handed it in, that is uh, one of the best things I've ever done. It's not the best. And so I've had that on my back the whole time. And I've been wanting it printed uh, forever, but there was never a place to print it. Uh, they didn't have 100-page books back then. I was extremely happy with the story, more than I had been with most of it, because it was exactly what I wanted. Uh, it, it, the script did just what I wanted it to do, and that doesn't always happen, especially when you're trying something very different. Um, so if I probably annoyed every single person at DC trying to get this book published forever <laughs> uh, and um, uh, there was just no place to really do it as I said the, there were no 100 page books back then uh, there was no specific format to do it in it came out at exactly the right time because they had just started doing the 100 page books and they could have used one and here was an already finished story that they knew I thought it was great, but I'm sure none of them had read it at that particular point uh, because they're just too busy uh, to read 100 pages that they're not going to be publishing. Mm. But once that all happened and Sergio came in, I mean, Sir, uh, Claudio came in and said um, that he wanted to touch up the yard, he wanted to go over it one more time and fix it up and clean it up and play with it the way he wanted. Uh, and you'll see a lot of that, by the way, in the Man and Superman hardcover. There's 55 pages of extra material by, by Claudio oh, wow. saying, say, yeah, 55, saying that, uh, showing each step of the way to, from original thoughts to the, how we picked the style, how we created it, etc. And you have a you have an artist who is devoting that much time to it. It was just a perfect package at that point, and I'm so thrilled with it. The hardcover, I think, comes out December fourth, but I have my contributor copy already sent to me, and it's gorgeous. Uh, I added an extra about thirty pages of material, not to the story, but again, how I how I chose certain scenes to happen, what happened between the original. Um, plotting concept to the actual script I go through it and annotate the storyline so um, it's it's a beautiful package I'm very very proud of it and so thrilled that it came out because I can keep saying it's the best thing I ever did but unless it came out nobody would ever know Yeah. and because it's such a different style uh, no one could have predicted what it would read like no, well, it's as I said. Like I've, I've, I enjoyed it when it came out. I definitely like. I've always wanted to talk to you anyway, but I definitely knew that I wanted to talk about this, especially having read your intro and knowing how much you, you definitely, obviously cared about it, and that wasn't. It was something that mattered a lot too. So I'm glad I had a chance to talk to you about yeah. it. Um, I know you have to go, and I'll, I'll let you go in just a moment. I have about two listener questions. If I could just quickly uh, throw them at you. Sure. All right. Uh, the first one is uh, about Blade. 
and the, the person just wanted to know if, if you can confirm, is Blade British or not? Is, is he British or what? Brit- British, oh. because they've kind of made the character have more of a British background, but he's just wondering, when, when you created Blade, was the character intended to be British? No. No, okay. I can honestly say he was not intended to be British. Uh, he was intended to be American. Um, and even his mother, I think, if she says a word or two, is not with any British dialect, uh, which I would have done with some of the other characters. So she came over to England. Okay, excellent. Well, that's a good answer. And the last one, um, the the listener had said that um, he just had a question about the anti-drug specials that you did for the Teen Titans. Um, and he just wanted to know if you found out before or after the artwork was finished that you couldn't use Robin. I'm sorry. Uh, say that again a because I couldn't make out what you meant, what, what you sank. So with regards to the new Teen Titans anti-drug specials, um, right. he just wanted to know if you found out before or after the artwork was finished that you couldn't use Robin. Oh, uh, way after. It was uh, it was intended to go to the printer. It was all finished. The whole book was done, um, and that's when the uh, c- scenario came up that we couldn't use him. And the DC's original thought was we'd have to junk it. And I said, no, no, no. All we have to do is change his costume and change his name. Uh, and that's I, I came up with a rough concept for the costume uh, that would be easy to make the corrections. And uh, we just made sure that he wasn't called Robin and instead called the Protector. It's so interesting that they, their first instinct would have been just to pulp the whole thing. Um, I think that was just, it just happened to be the way they were thinking at the time. I don't know. I really don't know. I just looked at it and said, no, you know, it's silly. We can, we can fix this in an afternoon <laughs> and save an awful lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and actually, so the, the true last question, I guess, is then, what was it like putting together those anti-drug specials? Um, heartbreaking, uh, because uh, I, I really knew nothing about drugs whatsoever, because I never took them, I never cared to. But they, uh, I went with the FBI to a lot of hospitals where I met a lot of teenage drug addicts, several of whom, like an eight-year-old girl who was totally strung out in Cabelli, could barely say a sentence. Uh, so I met all these people, and it was just heartbreaking. Oh wow! Well, now I'm sorry. I'm leaving this on a down note. I feel like I need to, a question to uh, ask bring... one question. That's enough question, yeah. and then we'll end it. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, the last one I guess I'll ask is that when you're writing Teen Titans, which which voice came most easily to you in terms of writing the characters? Once, uh, once. I knew who the characters were. They all come pretty quickly um, because I established them. Um, the hardest voice, which is easier, is to is to is the difference between Nightwing and Wonder Girl mm. um, because they essentially speak the same. So, uh, whereas all the other characters have their own speech patterns very clearly, Robin and Wonder Girl say pretty much the same thing. They, they have a similar speech pattern, which isn't to be surprised, uh, which isn't a surprise at all. But the way I made it work for me was the type of how they would answer questions rather than uh, worrying about the actual speech patterns themselves. Mm. Just 
the phrasing of their answers would dictate what they would say rather than um, uh, you know trying to come up with two completely different speech patterns when I when they when their speech pattern was the same okay. and never really changed hmm. okay well Marv thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat with me today I really appreciated you taking the time and um, I'm My hoping pleasure. I'm hoping we can see uh, I don't know if we'll, we'll see some more from you do you have anything else in the drawer that we should be waiting for um, well, uh, I'm doing some crisis-related material that should be out starting in December and January. Okay, excellent. Well, again, thank you so much, Marv. Take care.